0: If you or someone you may know is suffering with anxiety, depression, or any other mental illness, please call 988. Again, if you or someone else you may know is suffering with anxiety, depression, or mental illness, please call 988. Alright y'all, welcome back to another episode of When She Speaks Um, I'm super excited about this episode, but it's definitely a serious topic. Honestly, everything we talk about for the most part is going to be serious. So I decided to sit out on the balcony today and record this episode so we can get, you know, that last bit of sunlight and, you know, the good weather as we enter the fall and the winter season. I want to start off the episode by saying affirmation, one of my favorite affirmations that I put together. It goes like this. I have enough and I allow what I already have enough of to continue to flow to me. I have enough and I allow what I already have enough of to continue to flow to me. It's important to say affirmations over your life As a means of self-control and as a means of understanding. Um, Because if you speak negativity over your life, then it's just making things harder on you. But let's hop in. So I want to educate those who are not aware of mental illnesses or, you know, aware of what people go through on... Just the season that we're in, and and the things that we go through, basically. So, with that being said, I want to start about talking. I want to start talking about, excuse me, um, seasonal depression and the signs of depression. I got y'all nephew out here, <laughs> so if y'all here, him, bear with me, but we should be good. So one thing I hate is how the new year starts when it's cold. Like, how does that make sense, honestly? Like, when you really, really think about the grand scheme of things, how exactly does that make sense when everything is dead outside, it's gloomy, there's barely any sun and it's cold, but when you look at the springtime it's like all of the leaves come back, it's warm like people feel good like the serotonin boost like it's just a feel good season, but when you think about you know the winter months, it's just a hard season to be in because of the fact that you know we go through things like the holidays which is what i'm going to get into here in a second but um we got the holidays just cold and if you are anything like me as soon as it gets a liquor cold i'm putting that hoodie on i'm snuggling up in a blanket and i'm not leaving my house like it gets deep in the wintertime, especially for me so as we dive into this season um i want y'all to be mindful and i want y'all to check on y'all strong friends so as we know the holidays are approaching approaching we have thanksgiving we have christmas we have kwanzaa if you will um it's just a time where people are around their families now if you're anything like me you have a small family um and your family is not you know so close-knit as they once were or as they should be or you know you have certain specific issues within your family that causes you to set boundaries so you know the holiday season can be very very lonely so if y'all are listening to this and y'all are one of those people who you know, doesn't experience this or, you know, you do encourage your, encourage your friends to either come over to your house, like spend time with your friends, spend time with those important people, those valuable people in your life, or, you know, have that conversation with somebody that's close to you and explain to them, hey, I, I don't have anybody to hang out with. I don't, you know have the significant other whatever just be an outlet for that person or you know open your mouth because I know as hermity people because I'm a hermit myself I know as hermity people or you know the strong friend I don't always speak up on the things that I'm going through and I know for me personally the holidays are hard and I feel like every year I'm going through something around the holidays I feel like every year I'm alone (laughs) in the holidays no lie and you know that's just the assignment I accepted you know whenever the universe sat down with me and was like this is what your life is going to be like but I acknowledge that the holidays are a little lonely but with that being said just because you are alone, or just because you are lonely does not necessarily mean that you're alone. So if y'all have a friend like that, just be an outlet for them. Um, the next thing I want to get into is seasonal depression and the signs of depression. So seasonal depression, also called seasonal affective disorder, SAD for short, funny enough is a type of depression it is triggered by the change of seasons and most commonly begins in late fall i.e. you know when the holidays come in um i don't know if y'all have been feeling like this and i was looking at my analytics the other day most of my listeners are in their 20s or the late 20s which i'm appreciative of that because i feel like i can help anybody but um seasonal depression it hits like you're trying to go to school you're trying to work you're trying to do all these things trying to work through these 20 somethings and then it starts to get cold outside sun starts to go away and now you're in this pool of depression that you can't control or can't seem to get out of um i would like to share one of my personal experiences we're all um, about our personality, or personal experiences. And I'm very open and honest with my truth. So I'll go ahead and share this story. But, you know, my freshman year of college was very fun for me, but it was also very uh, glim and very lonely in a sense. Um, you know, I had just transitioned from high school on to being like you know what they would like to call an adult but really when you're 18 you're not really a fucking adult you know so just transitioned from that over to college you know had a little had a little thing and transitioned from this first major experience that happened into my life into another one and you know I'm I met a guy I started getting deep into that situation and then just the load of school and peer pressure and just trying to fit in like to this new college life really set in and also at the same time I uh, was just I had my mommy issues you know and next thing I know I look up and I'm in an eight month full-blown you know full-blown depressive episode just full-blown depressed and it was something that really 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 was hard for me to come out of you know I I was smoking my life away I almost lost my scholarship because I was just going through it and because I didn't have an outlet and that's actually it's funny that I'm mentioning the story because that's really really why everything that i do as a person is interconnected some way and you know i started out my freshman year of college as a biology major right i I always knew i wanted to be like some type of doctor something like that but it wasn't until i went through this depressive episode really really being down and not having anybody and and that's when i made the um career change the transition and I majored in psychology and I you know figured out that I wanted to be a psychiatrist basically so that's why I do what I do but I just found it interesting because it really took something so crazy and something so traumatic um, for me to figure out my place on this earth and I'm still trying to figure that out but as i was going through the depressive episode i was also getting bullied at the same time and honestly you wouldn't believe me if i told you and i was 18 like i said you wouldn't believe me but you can be bullied in college people are mean people are selfish and people are psychotic like you can be bullied in college Little old me trying to mind her business, being bullied in fucking college. Can you believe that? But anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, but yes, in just going through that period, period in my life, a lot of people didn't realize I was depressed. It's like it's like when people don't realize that um, somebody around them is suffer suffering with. Addiction or suffering from substance use disorder they don't know because people hide it very well um i don't know if i was necessarily hiding my depression well i wouldn't say i'm i was functioning with depression but i was going through it i was doing what i had to do i ended up keeping my scholarship long story short but i was going through it and some people knew some people didn't and it took those specific people um around me to kind of bring me out of that it took that those outlets being around me for me to get my confidence back for me to get my strength back because little old me little old jaya was going through it i lost weight i was skinny skinniest i had ever been i was not eating like none of that i wasn't sleeping i went through the worst like sleep episodes ever i was not sleeping at night i was not sleeping during the night at all and, you know, I went toward to some things that I probably shouldn't have to kind of get me through my depression. But it really took me, like, just having those people around me to help me through it. When people say, check on your strong friends, they mean it. They mean it. Like, everybody is not this happy-go-lucky person and everybody is not they do not have their shit together whoever told y'all y'all were supposed to have y'all shit together is a lie whoever told y'all y'all were supposed to have it together is a lie you will never have it together but the goal is to be able to achieve some type of happiness i will say that but yeah, it's about who you have around you. So, with that being said, here are some of the signs of depression. So, signs and symptoms of depression can include changes of sleep, changes in appetite, changes in your energy level. Concentration, your daily behavior, lack of self-esteem, lower self-esteem, um, and depression can also be associated with thoughts of suicide. And alongside with this, it can those symptoms can be associated with other, you know, disorders such as anxiety, such as bipolar disorder, such as manic episodes mania all these different things but i think it's really important in really all of our jobs to be aware of the symptoms and the signs of somebody who is going through depression and also somebody who's gonna who who is having suicidal ideations who is suicidal who has been suicidal in the past um i'm this is touchy, but I've been there. I've been there. A lot of us have been there. So just being able to come out of something like that is, it's miraculous. It's brave. But it's hard. It's hard going through a depressive episode going through depression when you feel like you have no one what else would you do you will revert to something as crazy as suicide i never did it but my thoughts definitely had went there at one point in time because i felt like i had nobody but it's about how you work through it i should say Okay, so moving on, I don't know if y'all have ever heard of the seven stages of grief. They like to debate it and say there's only five, Um, so five to seven stages of grief, but I would like to go over that a little bit in the episode because I just want to say grief is not limited to death. You grieve if you, you grieve, excuse me, you grieve if you lose a friend, you lose a partner, death of a relationship, death of a person, whatever it may be, you still go through the seven, five to seven stages of grief, child. I don't know how many, but <laughs> you still go through that. And I am currently going through it. I go back and forth every day, up and down with everything because I'm still grieving and that's okay. There is no time limit on grief and there's no time limit on healing. So just be aware of that. So we got denial. We got anger. We have bargaining. We have depression and we have acceptance. I think I'm in the bargaining stage of it. I'm hoping I just get past the depression, honestly, but yeah. So stage one, we have denial. Denial gives you time to more gradually absorb the news and begin to process it. This is a common defense mechanism and helps numb you to the intensity of the situation. Do I need, need I say more? Um, i think the thing with denial is like this article said like what i'm reading is it's easier to process it's like when they say out of sight out of mind like when you just throw that shit away or you tuck it away somewhere and not deal with it it's just easier to process until it eventually comes back up and then you're stuck dealing with it so at some point you have to get out of the denial stage and you have to heal but denial is comforting and i think we stay in things that are comforting to us because we are afraid of change and honestly all the um the stages of grief are just allowing our minds our bodies our souls our spirits to go through this intense state of change basically as you move out of the denial stage the emotions you've been hiding will begin to rise. You will be confronted with a lot of sorrow. You've been denied, but it's a part of the journey. And it can be diff- difficult. So we got some examples of denial here. Breakup or divorce. They're just upset. You know, they'll be over it tomorrow. Job loss. They They were mistaken. They're going to call me back tomorrow. They need me. Death of a loved one. She's not gone. I know. Whenever my grandma passed, which is funny, you know, nine twenty-five this year. Um, made eight years, and honestly, time flies. Like I don't know if they've been speeding up the time clock. That's for my, uh, for my conspiracy theories out here, but. I don't know if they've been speeding this shit up or what. Because eight years? That shit's crazy. It's crazy. I'm trying not to curse on here, y'all. But I feel like me using my euphemisms is how I uh, show my personality, you know? But anyway. Stage two, we have anger. Where denial may be considered a coping mechanism, anger is a masking effect. Anger is hiding many of the emotions and pain that you carry. This anger may be redirected at other people, such as the person who died, your ex, your old boss. You may even aim your anger at innate objects. While your rationale brain knows your object of your anger isn't to blame, your feelings in that moment are too intense to act accordingly with that. Anger may mask itself in feelings like bitterness or resentment, it may not be clear, cut, fury, or rage. Not everybody will experience the stage of grief. However, others may linger here. As the anger subsides, however, you may begin to think more rationally about what is happening and feel the emotion you've been pushing aside. So, like I said earlier, out of sight, out of mind. And I can definitely tell y'all, anger, that shit's a motherfucker. <laughs> that anger is out of this world because it don't got to be like that whatever you went through it didn't even have to be like that it didn't even have to go down like that and now you got me feeling all these emotions that i don't even want to be feeling sidebar i uh was doing some research on my birth chart and the immune coli or your chiron um, is how you process and dealt with things in your past life. So my placement is in Scorpio. And I found out, you know, Scorpio's main mantra is just like, I control, right? And if you think of control, you think about control. Control is kind of negative. Um, So I was just doing my research on it. And it said that I, in my past life, I experienced some like crazy ass trauma and like if you know anything about the immune coli or your chiron scorpio is basically like the worst placement you could have so basically i went through it in my past life i experienced some trauma like i experienced some traumatic shit and it's not like like family trauma like i actually like died and i actually like you know it could have been rape it could have been death i could have murdered somebody like it's just crazy shit so i want to do more research on that but i digress um I just, I wanted to mention that because I think the fact that I have my Chiron and Scorpio is just, it's very prevalent in my life um, because I know with some situations, I do feel like I need to have control. And because of that, self-sabotage comes into play. But anyway, stage three, Bargaining. During grief, you may feel vulnerable and helpless. In those moments of intense emotions, it's not uncommon to look over for ways to regain control or to want to feel like you can affect the outcome of an event. In the bargaining stage of grief, you may find yourself creating a lot of what-if and if-only statements. It's also not uncommon for religious individuals to try to make deals or promises to God or a higher ooh they speaking or a higher power in return of healing or relief from grief and pain. Bargaining is a line of defense against emotions of grief. It helps you postpone the sadness, confusion, or hurt. As I'm reading this and as I'm getting into this I definitely have gone through all three that I've mentioned already. But something I like to say is and I learned this from this guy um that I used to be friends with really really one of my spiritual friends like I said I'm out on the balcony ignore that but that's the confirmation for whoever needed it um I was talking with one of my spiritual friends and one of his mantras, his affirmations is don't worry about the what if, worry about what is. And that's something that I really implement into my daily life because you cannot stress the things that you cannot control. So with this bargaining aspect in this stage of grief, don't what if yourself, just sit in it, sit in the emotions, sit in the pain and heal. I think that's the problem with people. People don't take the time to heal correctly. And then they continue to go through this cycle of sadness, this cycle of hurt, and even dish that hurt out on um, other people because they haven't taken the time to heal. We like healed individuals over here. Okay? Um. So examples of bargaining... The bargaining stage in breakup or divorce is like if only I had spent more time with them, they would have stayed. With job loss, it says if only I would have worked more, I worked more weekends. But well, honestly, we not doing that. Forget a job, we are moving on to other jobs. Forget about that. But yeah, our 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 generation, we not doing that no more. Uh, <laughs> death of a loved one, if only I would call her called her that night. She wouldn't be gone. That's actually something that I experienced when my grandma had passed because we were actually supposed to go down to see her that night, but we had pushed um, the day back. We were just going to drive up the next day instead because she had lived in Tennessee at the time. And that was one of our surrounding thoughts was, like, if only we would have went up there, you know, she wouldn't have passed. But the thing is, like, when it's people's time to go, when it's people's time to leave your life, It's their time, and what can you do about it but sit with it and heal, right? And then they mentioned something about terminal illness as well. If only we had gone to the doctor sooner, we could have stopped this. Listen, do your checkups. Go get tested. Go to the doctor. Everybody. But men, y'all go too because I know y'all like to not go to the doctor. And y'all be in full blown heart disease because y'all didn't go to the fucking doctor go to the damn doctor okay anyway (laughs) stage four stage four is depression whereas anger and bargaining can feel very active depression may feel like a quiet stage of grief in the early stages of loss you may be running from the emotions trying to stay a step ahead of them by this point of grief, however, you may be able to embrace and work through them more in a healthier manner. You may also choose to isolate yourself from others in order to fully cope with the loss. This doesn't mean, however, the depression is easy or well-defined. Like the other stages of grief, depression can be difficult and messy. and can feel overwhelming. You may feel foggy, heavy, and confused. Depression may feel like the inevitable landing point of loss. However, if you feel stuck here or can't seem to move past the stage of grief, you can talk with a mental expert. Again, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, if you're struggling with anxiety, depression, or any mental illness, please call 988. They can help you with it. It's a crisis line. Or talk to a friend and let them be an outlet. Now that I'm reading this, and now that I'm understanding this stage of grief more, I can say that Whenever I read depression, I automatically thought it was like a sad thing, but it's a way of you sitting alone uh, with yourself. And me being a hermit, I um, I feel like honestly I'm in this stage. <laughs> I know I said I was in the first stage earlier, but I feel like I'm in this stage because. I wouldn't say necessarily depressed but I don't want to go anywhere I just want to go to work come home sleep I don't got room for nothing else but sleep and journaling and doing what I need to do like catering to me um me talking to other people doesn't help anymore Me continuing to converse about this specific issue that I'm going through does not work anymore sometimes you need solitude and sometimes you need to sit with yourself um in a healthy way of course but I think this stage of grief is really really important because it allows for you to purge your feelings and really really let it out if you haven't already. And then stage five we have acceptance. Acceptance is not necessarily a happy or uplifting stage of grief not just happy ending but It doesn't mean you've moved past the grief or loss. It does, however, mean that you've accepted it and you've come to understand it and what it means in your life now. You may feel very different in this stage. That's expected. You've had a major change in your life. And that upends the way you feel about many things. Look to acceptance as a way to see that there may be good, more good and bad days. There still may be more bad days and that's okay. I think something important here to remember is there's going to be plenty of day ones. There's going to be plenty of day ones. But remember, it's a detour, not a shipwreck. It is a detour and not a shipwreck. Now, like I said, we they couldn't really decide if there was five to seven stages of grief. Okay. They couldn't really decide that. But as I'm going through it more, they kind of like the five stages of grief. When they say seven, they're broken down into smaller versions of the five. So what those look like are shock and denial, pain and guilt, anger and bargaining, depression, the upward turn, which is at this point, the stages of grief and anger have died down and you left in a more calm and relaxed state, reconstruction and working through acceptance and hope. So with that being said, I hope y'all have some more insight of what the stages of grief look like and just the understanding that it's okay to go through those things. Y'all, it is 734 and it's dark outside. Don't y'all just hate that? (laughs) It's cold i'm bundled up y'all i'm bundled up i need to get my heater from work but i'm bundled up i got the sniffles a little bit because it is a little cold out here but it's 7:34 and it is dark again if y'all hear that car it's a confirmation for whatever you need to know things are taking place things are coming in fast like a fucking car okay um, you got to take the confirmations where you get them, honestly. Um, and as I'm saying this, that card was a confirmation for me, but, um, to end this off, to end the podcast off, uh, as we're working through seasonal depression, as we're working through the holidays, the family trauma, the graduations, all these different things. I want you to be mindful of your feelings and your thoughts of course but i also want you to implement some type of self-care self-care may look different for everybody but make sure you implement some type of self-care so something that i try to do as self-care is journal i feel like journaling is a way for me to express my thoughts openly you know, address parts of myself that I'm not comfortable with, that I couldn't necessarily share with other people. Because sometimes you can't always talk to other people. Sometimes you have to sit with yourself in solitude, like I said, and address yourself as such. Like, that's just it. Um, Other things that I like to do, I like to, you know, of course, keep my nails done, keep my hair done, just like, feel good, feel pretty, because when you look good, you feel good. When you look good, you feel good. Um, And lastly, I try to do things with myself. I try to take myself out on little dates. Um, And one big thing that I look forward to, which is actually funny, because like like I said earlier, most of the... Oh, my God. As I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted... I think it's funny how like adults used to say, like our parents used to say, I can't wait to get home to clean my house. I can't wait to get home to lay down like dead ass. I take so much pride in having a clean home. And you know, not everything is clean. Not everything, every nook and cranny is clean, but I take so much pride and I just enjoy the therapy of cleaning my home having it smelling good, everything. So I just thought that was funny, and I I wanted to share that with y'all. So my question to y'all is, what does self-care look like for you? Another thing, yes, and another thing, take a second to check in with yourself. Where are you physically, mentally, and emotionally, and spiritually? Also, are you really balanced or do you just manage it well? Get back to me and let me know. I wish y'all could comment on this, but like if you listen to my podcast, like comment on my Instagram post and let me know the answers to those questions. But yeah, are you balanced or are you just managing it well? hmm food for thought all right so we're about to close the podcast out I appreciate y'all for bearing with me and I appreciate y'all for listening it is my honor to be an outlet for you and to be able to provide y'all with some type of peace some type of security and some type of encouraging words because I know we all don't come from a place where that is prevalent in our life. So thank y'all for listening. I want y'all to continue to be kind to yourself, continue to be patient with yourself, and continue to assess your needs and really, really take a deep dive into your emotions and what you need as a person. And with that, I'll see you guys next time.